We're back, baby, just like the Terminator. It is Wrestling Daft, the Marks. And how are we today? Um, my name is John. I uh, present this show. Uh, I hail from Larbert. Currently weighing in, uh, probably about 180-something pounds. We'll just say 80-something pounds uh, at the moment. And I am joined by my film arts every week. Well, not every week, because that means we'd have done shows the last two weeks. Uh, we've not done a show in three weeks. But they are back. We've, uh, we've got the band back together. It feels like new kids. Maybe that's aging us a wee bit. Um, Gary, name get blue. Blue. It feels like blue. have got back. I'm no much better. No, honestly, oh, they're still a bit twenty year old. <laughs> busted. It was like the Steve. So it's like busted. There you go. There you go. Is Charlie not doing other things now? I believe Charlie started like eight other bands since Busted went down. Oh, no, Busted have since reformed, yeah. and the, the last reform was about four years ago because I seen them at a festival because they were the secret band. Was that yeah. not Mick? Was that not Mick Busted, or was that actually? No, just they, they came back after that again yeah, after the uh, thing with McFly. I but yep. still, uh, still not. I, still, I, I that's still can... like a Vince McMahon reference. I do think for some reason I can actually recite most of the lyrics to the year 3000 by Busted. I don't know why. You have but... the stage, Alex. You have the stage. <laughs> okay, um, here we go. Let's see what I can do. Is it one day when I came home at lunchtime, I heard a funny sound, went out to the back to find out ah, it was one of those frat boys. <laughs> Stood there, it was my neighbour called Peter in a flux capacitor. He told me he built a time machine like a one in a film I'd seen. Yeah, yeah. And then so on in verse. And I think that's pretty good, actually. I, I will play a, a round of applause there for Alex. Absolutely fantastic. Um, I have major issues with that song, however. You know the bit, the line that goes, your great, great, great granddaughter. Now, that wouldn't be the year 3000, my friends. That would be like somewhere probably, I would say, about oh, 20, 2000, uh, 2100, 200. Yeah, we don't know what's going to happen to modern medicine. They, they might have like, uh, cryo chambers that uh, would freeze the great, great, great granddaughter for 800 more years. They didn't say that in the song, though, Gary. I'm just wanting <laughs> to point all, They out. could all be cyberpunks as well, like all implanted with shit to make them live longer. There's plenty of possibilities here. Listen, someone get uh, Charlie up. My least favourite thing, and here's an obscure reference because right. I don't know if any of you will know the band, but... Um, my least favourite thing about that song is that they ripped off a song by a band called Simple Plan. Because Simple Plan have a song called One Day that's the literal exact same riff as uh, <laughs> uh, so, aye. so that's what my, my what promo and busted. Right, okay, so we're basically saying that busted um, are thieves. Is that what we're saying now here on the podcast? Aye, and, and, uh, and McFly are better as well. Oh, you've went there, I can't aye. believe you went there. Wow, right, anyway. McFly were in a Lindsay Lohan film, that's why. Brilliant. Let me introduce... God almighty. <laughs> right, so we've started off with Lindsay Lohan and Busted. Uh, let me introduce the two fine gentlemen that I have with you, as if they need no introduction. Um, let's welcome a man bigger than Scotland's current COVID numbers. It's Big Alex. Uh, just while we're on the topic of Lindsay Lohan, can I just say that Rachel McAdams was the better actress in Mean Girls and her career since has proved that. Um, but yes. I, I, would, uh, I would interject and say that uh, Amanda Seyfried was even better. Oh yeah. Ooh, I don't know. I think I think I prefer. I think Rachel McAdams just got had some better lead roles. Like I always remember Amanda Siegfried for like comedy roles, like in Ted and things like that. Oh, no, she not Mamma in... Mia and all that stuff. Oh, I've Mama never Mia. seen Mamma Mia. That's... She was in that film with Kevin Bacon that was on Netflix recently. It's quite she's good, been in something it? else recently. She's been in a Caesar. What I can't remember. That man there, however, uh, talking about Amanda Siegfried, uh, is a man who's become obsessed with Mountain Dew in the last week. Yeah, it's it's inside the ropes lead writer. It's Gary Cassidy, ladies and gentlemen. 
I one of the ones where I went to the shop and seen a can. I like watermelon stuff anyway, but I seen a can of juice that I was like, oh, I remember two months ago. I think two months ago, I seen all the wrestling journalists in America because they got a better end of the deal. We're getting sent out these free packages. And the package was a pink box with Mountain Dew on it. And it had a can of Mountain Dew, a calculator, and a figure of John Cena wearing a Hawaiian shirt because he is the guy in the advert from Mountain Dew, Melon, Major on Major Melon. So I picked that up and then was like, oh, there's another two flavors I've never seen. I'll just pick them up. Had to drink fizzy juice in ages and then do the downward spiral as a... Oh dear, started. that DDP yoga is going to go out the window. Have, have they made like Aye. some kind of connection between Major and like John Cena wearing some kind of military gear? Or they no, they've literally, he's literally in a Hawaiian shirt sitting in like a Lamborghini or something in the advert. It's got zero to date. I think he might wear dog tags which are on the can, but it's like there was a better connection you could have made here. They, missed, I guess they missed a real trick by eye. Major Melon and making them all military themed and having making uh, John Cena wear some kind of Melon military esque uniform. I think it'd be. If you are listening, uh, executives at Mountain Dew to this podcast, <laughs> there you go, uh, and we'll be taking some of the money. I'll act as agent for Alex. Don't have any money left after they paid John Cena. He's fucking expensive. Damn, they won't I- I'll take payment and product. I'm no fussy. Right, uh, it, was, it was quite good. So. Right, okay then, there we go. Mountain Dew, if you want to sponsor the show, that would be very much appreciated. Uh, so what have we missed, gentlemen? There's a few things we missed, I think, that we need to discuss. Probably from more of a Scottish angle as well. Um, we had the debut of uh, Piper Niven, a.k.a. Viper, a.k.a. now Dewdrop. Um, what have we made of it? Uh, Vince is apparently hot on her. The it's name been really, really good, I apart from the name. <laughs> as yeah. long as that's temporary, we're fine. I think that's I, I think I, I think it's I. I was going to say I think it is temporary because people were losing their minds about it. But then the the first time they introduced it, they kind of had it where Eva Marie gave her that name, and she didn't look too happy about it. So yeah, it feel it feels like they kind of used that for storyline to split up her and Eva Marie down the line. So let's give them some. Let's be hopeful. Well, we apart from that, like perfect positioning for for her to be on. So yeah, it's, it's, I think it's, I think the, it seems like they're rushing through that very quickly, though. From the standpoint of you think this might have months and months, maybe a year with her as the bodyguard, and like a virtual million dollar man situation. But it seems to be already there seems to be dissension. It's very strange. It's as if they've just got bored of Eva Marie already. They were <laughs> like, do you know what? She didn't really do anything last time. Let's just get her away from it. It's not really. Yeah, I, th- I think the Nikki Cross and Alex Bliss thing has thrown a span on the works because I got a feeling that much of that was okayed very late on and then they've just went, oh shit, we've got too many stories, cram them all into the one short space of time. And talking of Nikki Cross, she's now a superhero. Aye, I love that. and I-, I know that a lot of people are a wee bit, you know, huh, about it, but for me the main thing is she wasn't doing a great deal of stuff before. It's been one of the ones where we're gone. She's so underutilised. Like, when she was in NXT... It's the kind of thing where her character was so good, but then when you got in the main roster, you kind of need to be cutting promos and stuff, and that character didn't lend itself to that. Yeah. I think the, the thing that she's doing now, while it came out of the blue, while the name is a bit no no ideal, uh, I think the best thing about that is that she, it seems like it's her idea. She's really passionate about it. The guy that drew up the blueprint is the guy that made Maui logo, so uh, big up to Rob Downey. Uh, he's great. And I just think that when you've got that much passion about something, it's probably no gonna fail. I think. I think it's a brilliant, uh, a brilliant character. We've seen Molly Holly do it. We've seen Hurricane do it. Why not bring it back? I think it's good. Yeah. Any thoughts, Alex? Yeah, no, I agree. Like, I think it's. She looks like she's having fun while doing the character. And the one thing I've always said about Alexa Bliss is, regardless of how much the character stinks, her acting's really good. And I think there's the same kind of goes for Nikki Cross. And they're kind of at least elevating characters. 
But that was waiting on me putting that over something off when and Alex just got that shape. <laughs> no, I like it. I think it's, it is. I like the nostalgia of it as well. I like the links back to the, the classic wrestling superhero kind of character. I mean, there's a little bit of worry that it does get slightly too gimmicky, especially with the Alexa Bliss stuff and with the connections between Cross and Bliss. You can see that just melding into one big steaming pile of shite. But for the time being, I think we can we can be hopeful again, like with Piper Nivens. You know what I mean? It's, it's yes. a sort of a new storyline. Let's be nice. Although the I one like thing it. that we're less hopeful for is, of course, Killian Dane's WWE future. Just well, that's what I was going to say. Let's get on. We've had a few releases since we last spoke as well. Uh, Alex, you mentioned Killian Dane there. Sing Brothers, Tony Nice, Ever Rise. Oh, my God. Please get my handkerchiefs out. Breezango. I can't believe it. What are they doing? Ever Rise and Breezango, two of the best bits about NXT, and they've got rid of them. Oh. How long were Everize in NXT? It feels as though they were like always just on the cusp of becoming a thing and never actually becoming a thing. But I don't think they've been around that, rock, that no, long. Not, but I think the, their downfall as well, similar to Chelsea Green and um, several other people, is that they've been given a new contract. So you can only think that it's been, you know, Dana Brooke crunching numbers time, uh, looking at it and going, you know what, they're earning a wee bit too much for what they're, what they're doing now. And I think... Annoyingly, I think Breeze Angle were probably the same because they'd have been on bumper main roster contracts. So uh, annoying, but uh, sadly. And Kelly and Dane as well, probably actually. He'd have probably still been on a SmackDown contract. But Thing Brothers as well, I'm guessing. I, I, so I, I guess it was just, you know, big outlays of money when they've been, I mean, revolving door into it. WWE's just bringing in people constantly. So I guess they can they can afford to. I don't think, I think the, the past few rounds of releases has shown them that nobody's irreplaceable and that nobody's really going to go somewhere and make them absolutely shite themselves yet until Ron Strowman turns up. Yeah, yeah, it's really, really sad to see and hopefully... No, the other big one's the end of 205, which is obviously the, the big reason they need to trim everything down as they now have too many people... Last, under last the week, 205 Live had a match with... Uh... Two guys that are about fifty pounds over two hundred five on it. <laughs> the match had uh, what's his name, Joe Gacy, and um, and another guy that's absolutely massive. That I think it's like, been a suggested weight limit for a while. But they probably, keep probably the... just rebrand it to NXT two or something. I was going to say they continue with two hundred five, aren't they? Oh, I thought they it's, said they cancelled two hundred five. No, I, I, I think I think it's imminent, uh, but <laughs> but it's definitely still going. It got recorded the last week. And the main thing I was looking at was have they still got the purple ropes and stuff like that? And they did still have, you know, everything still looked like 205 live, apart from the competitors were over 205. Um, but I, I bet you, I bet you had you one. Yeah, yeah. Oh, best of luck, obviously, in everybody's future endeavours. Um, with that, uh, Gary, have you had any more word of, is, is that the end of the releases? Have you got a tip off there's going to be any more? Or is it just a who knows? We've, we've still not had any of the ones that keep getting rumoured for NXT UK. So that's uh, that's the weird one. I think I mentioned a few weeks ago that we had the... <laughs> someday, thankfully, they didn't report on it, but a, a wrestling journalist came to me and asked me about something to try and sound out and see if I'd heard about it, and that was about NXT UK releases. And the top name on the list was Piper Niven. <laughs> so <laughs> you can see that that didn't happen. So I, there I, 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 I always think, you know, I, I mention it every time it comes up, for the recording schedule, for what they do, for the payment that they get. Again, I don't want to job out NXT UK talents, but they're not on the, the mind-blowing wages that a lot of people would assume that WWE superstars are on just because they don't, you know, they're no live every week. They're doing, like, batteries of recordings. I think it would be a low on the list of priorities, but you never know. 
cutting yeah. the they're cutting the fat everywhere there was a wee ahead of a potential sale as far as we <laughs> keep hearing so that's, what, that's what we do keep hearing um any other business gentlemen anything you wish to discuss from the world of wrestling over the last couple of weeks alex aw will get to obviously when we get to the buddies and pullovers anything from there that you want to remark upon I think we've really had any particularly big AEW news, to be no, honest. It's, it's just been steady, fast TV. It's been, I mean, the, I think the, the big thing we have to highlight was their big emotional piece at the end of Dynamite this week with like the homage to Daly's Place, which was, which give us all a tear to everyone's eyes. But And it was fine program. as soon as you stopped watching the second that video package ended and then they hear JR's commentary line, which has been edited out of the... Well, this was <laughs> just thought, I was, yeah, right. was going to kind of like tactically not mention that for as long as possible. <laughs> Um, Gary, what about yourself? Anything from the last couple of weeks you want to remark upon? Well, literally two hours ago, it's about that Jimmy Uso has been arrested on a DUI again. So uh... We'll talk about more about that when we get to the news. Um, oh, I haven't heard about this. Oh, the big dog's going to be Here we go. Um, so we'll get we'll get the buddies and putovers. AEW, I'm sure we'll hear more about the last show at Daily's Place with Alex and the buddies and putovers. Um, get, before we get to the news with Gary, uh, we're definitely going to hear about Jimmy Uso's DUI. Uh, we will, of course, be hooking up with our uh, tag team, our Mark tag team of Rico and Bronze Chill, the new age Mark was, as we take a look back at the shows. And um, before we cut a promo, though, I think we need to lighten the mood with a joke of the week from the musings of Mr. Gary Cassidy. Yeah, so actually, I will be honest and say I forgot about this up until about two minutes before I clicked on the link. But luckily, I can just share an anecdote for last week because I actually decided I was going to sell my Hoover. Oh, good. I was just uh, sitting there in the, was just collecting dust. Sorry, sorry. That joke sucked. Hey! Uh, <laughs> I distance myself from this as much as possible, gentlemen. Just... Right. Okay. If uh, if my dad told me uh, telling that joke, he would say, uh, "Die, son." <laughs> Alex has just left. <laughs> Alex has actually just left. <laughs> oh dear. Uh, wait, but well, we we'll see if he'll come back. Uh, but let's cut a promo first. I have a lot of things i want to get off my chest right gentlemen scotland out of the euros that's what's happened in the last two weeks uh, i went to the croatia game it was heartbreaking that's why you didn't have the show two weeks ago gary went to the sweden game with his swedish girlfriend last week and that's why we couldn't do the show last week again heartbreaking as well it was a terrible game of football was that as well gary the worst part is that <sighs> If we'd have just lost in 90 minutes, I could have got him off an hour earlier. <laughs> Instead, I had this year, uh, the latest goal in Euros history. Puts me and then, and then the U- Ukraine didn't do much better, did they? No, I, that, that's the, the, the double heartbreak where I'm like, if, if Sweden had a faced England, they probably wouldn't have got pumped as much. But at the same time, I'm kind of glad that I didn't have that risk of seeing Sweden getting pumped off England. Yeah. So I'm glad that we're renaming the show this week to Wrestling Daft, the Denmark's. <laughs> um, yes, we uh, we're all Denmark. It's apologies to our list, uh, English <laughs> listeners. Um, but yes, English listeners, we've just lost. Okay. It, it, it it runs me into a little promo I'd like to call 
about Ingerland, right? Ingerland, Ingerland, right? I'm glad all the English folk have uh, tuned out now before you can't. Right, if, if you are English, please just skip, push that little, you know, that little 15 second button on the podcast, push, push that a couple of times because I'm going to get into it because, you know, we're a little bit, you know, we don't like to hold grudges up here in Scotland, you know, about tyranny and all that sort of stuff hundreds of years ago. Um, but I would just like to say, come on, BBC, come on, I. TV. God, I'm watching Spain versus Italy. I'm watching Belgium versus Italy. I'm watching North Macedonia versus... And the first thing, we, you know, you can run it by the minute. Forget going into Paddy Power and booking the, you know, putting a bet on the goal scorer or, you know, the scoreline. You just put a bet on when is the first time they'll mention 1966. You, they should be a market on that because it's just ridiculous and it's just overhyped. Now, I think Listen, don't get me wrong. I think the English football team, as you know, they all seem lovely lads. Most of them, Marcus Rashford, you know, so him. There's a fantastic, he's done a fantastic job for the community, fantastic job for the kids. Gareth Southgate seems like a lovely gentleman. Seems like back that fucking waistcoat. Sorry. Yeah, he, he rocks a waistcoat, and you know, they, 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 they all seem nice enough fellas. You know, it's not the dickheads. Gordon Henderson. Feel inclined to mention as a Liverpool fan. Okay, well, okay, John, you get John Henson. They all seem, but it's the media. It's the media. It's the touch Harry's balls to make England win. All this nonsense. It's Mark fucking Pugash. I cannot stand Mark. Oh, fucking, I hate Mark oh, Pugash. <laughs> what a fucking asshole of a man. I I'm sure he's a lovely fellow as well, but he comes across like a right heel. Um, so yeah, I'm just want to cut a promo really on the English media and the overhype. And I sincerely hope, I sincerely hope. Now I just want to check that the English listeners haven't just jogged in. Skipping our 15 seconds on your podcast. I sincerely hope we are not sitting here next week and England have won the Euros. I don't think we'll be able to stand it. The world will implode if that has happened. So, yeah, English media, just calm yourselves down, will you? Every week, well, I say every week, we missed the last two weeks, so every whenever we fancy doing the podcast, uh, we look back at the big wrestling shows of the week myself i take a look at nxt alex takes a look at aw gary are we still on a raw ban no i've started i mean i'm skipping through it so it's very concise raw notes right okay so it's, it's actually door. got it's got better over the past Whoa, uh, couple of weeks wow, right okay so while gary, we decided to stop the podcast it got good and then right, it's going to get shite again as we go forward we curse yeah. it that's what it is we curse raw gary's back on raw then this week and we invite our uh, unchallenged, undefeated, undisputed Mark tag team, the New Age Mark Claus, Mr. Bronze Chill, Mr. Rico, and they come on and do Smackdown for us. How are you, gentlemen? All good yourselves? Good, thank you very much. Enjoy your last two weeks of holiday. Still still no one's wanting to come to the challenge. Do people know how to challenge? Yeah, or... you can easily challenge. Your, your promo scared them off, I think, man. That was that was bad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're just walking in fear. Uh, if you do want to come on and uh, do SmackDown, is the challenge is out there. The boys have got the gauntlet thrown down every single week. Uh, you'll get us at Wrestling Daft on Twitter or at WrestlingDaft at gmail.com. Um, the, the gauntlet's always down there. But for now, let's proceed 
with the gentleman and Smackdown. But let's kick off with last Wednesday night or last Tuesday. God, I keep forgetting this move to Tuesday now. It really freaks me out. Uh, and it was NXT and uh, we're building to the Great American Bash, which is on tonight as we record this podcast. Um, let's go to, first of all, a buddy. Now... I am not a big fan of triple threat tag team matches. There's just too many people. There's too many things. There's too much going on. In saying that, it was a cracking match. But there was there's inc- the incidences in these big multi-man matches where people get knocked out the ring. And then you just see them. Like, for example, um, uh, Zoe Stark popped her head up. And it was just like up over the ring and just saying, oh, is it my spot yet? Nope, i duck back down again. And you could see that, and I just hate that people are just milling around the ring while these spots are going on in the ring. And I'm not a big fan of big multi-man matches. I think probably triple threat is probably about as far as I can go, but even then, you end up with this whole, you know, someone goes out the ring so somebody can get their shit in in the ring. So this opened, opened the... Opened the show. Not a big fan, but it was a really good match. I'll come back to it later on. But I just want to say that now. Never a big fan of that thing, that sort of stuff. So that is uh, the first buddy. Can we, can we... We'll come back to that. Let's go to a put-over and put some positivity on it. Um, Roddy Strong is back, which is great. Yeah, it's good that Roddy Strong is back. Has a new style, has a bit of a new look. But... Let's go to another buddy, the Diamond Mine. What? What? Just, we've got a group, another stable, yet annoying, another stable in NXT. We seem to have lots of stables going on in NXT. We seem, probably even more in AEW at the moment. It seems oh, don't you, don't you be silly now, John. Don't you be silly. <laughs> That's not possible. I know. Um, there's lots of stabling going on. And yeah, it's, it's, I don't know about this Diamond Mine. I like Malcolm Bivens. He's a great promo. I think he's a great mouthpiece. Um, but we've got three guys looking like they have some sort of MMA style. And they lost a lot of their members before they even got off the ground since they got released because Arturo Ruaz was meant to be and he's a big MMA guy. And uh, there was talk of like a few of the cruiserweights being in it. Marina Shafir being in it, who's obviously Roderick Strong's wife. Yeah. So it just seems like they kind of went, oh, no, we need to do this, and then released folk, and then they're like, ah, oh, we'll still do it anyway. <laughs> I just, I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't know where they're going to go with it. I don't know how far they're going to push it. It'll be interesting. Could we, could we not have just had Bivens with Strong and Shafir? Or would that not have been like a cracking way to go about it, and you could have went fully in on the MMA style, and you could have used this whole gimmick, but instead it doesn't make sense. Sorry, John. Yeah. No, you're, you're, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Um, Aye, so yeah, Diamond Mines, another buddy there, I have to say. Uh, let's go to our put-over. Boa! 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 He's back, baby! And at that point, let's go to Fashion Corner and let's just shine a light on Boa's ring gear because I think it's fantastic. He unveiled it. We're in with Boa in the ring, even though it was a mixed tag match. I've got a funny feeling we're going to see more of Boa going forward and we're all very excited about that. So that's my biggest put over. Um, and I have to say, very scary moment in the ring. I don't know if anyone's seen it, but um, Zia Lee uh, kicked Martin, uh, Mercedes Martinez 
in the head, and hopefully she's recovering. I believe she is, Gary, is that right? She's... Uh, she was apparently in, in the hospital afterwards to get some checks, but I think no hair dating since, so that's normally good news. Normally, yeah, if you don't I... get an injury update in a week, it's fine. You could tell as soon as she hit it, her body just flopped. Like, it was just horrible to watch. I, I, at first, I, like, I didn't really see the kick at first, and I was like, that's some cell, by the way. She's so that like, And then I realised, oh, no, wait, she's just unconscious. It went on the WWE social media account, and it stayed up as well. I was I like, that's some cell, by the way, because they normally don't highlight when it's something that actually goes wrong. So, aye. I know. I know, uh, and just uh, if you'll allow me in our final put over now, this is happening. It's the, the American Great American Bash today, and the biggest thing, and it wouldn't be my section without mentioning Cameron Grimes and Elliot Knight. Um, we've got a match going on tonight, uh, where Cameron Grimes will become Elliot Knight's butler, um, if he loses. Now, there's only going to be a one winner because those skits are going to be fantastic. So we, we're really hoping that Elliot Knight. Uh, wins tonight and uh, Cameron Grimes becomes his butler because that's going to be brilliant going forward with, with that well, on that I think it's worth a bury that we're getting Adam Cole versus Kyle O'Reilly again <sighs> no yeah. needed why I don't oh. the, the Kyle O'Reilly character I don't know how you guys feel about it but I just don't know they just don't seem to know what they want to do with him he's just cookie guy or he's a hard guy or I don't know I just I don't, I don't mind it, just don't pair him with Adam Cole because it just means you're going to stick and it's going to be stagnant if you're going to put him back in a rivalry that ended emphatically. <laughs> Unless Bobby Fish gets involved in some way, but then it just Aye. that's just... Back Again, to it's, it's too late. It's, it's over. Yeah, it's too late. You're right, Alex. You're absolutely right. Uh, and um, match of the night. I'd buried it at the start, but I'm going to have to say the tag, the multi, the multi women tag team. I thought it was really, really, really good, and I'm sure, um, I, I'm pretty sure the the actual um, the match itself with you um, and uh, Zoe Stark and Dakota Kai and Kelgan's eyes is going to be a cracker. Oh, sorry, against the way, sorry. Uh, yeah, that, that's going to be a, a really, really good match. So, yes, um, putting that over uh, as my match of the night. Um, Going over to AEW, we alluded to at the start, talking about the last show at Daly's Place, but it won't be the last show, but they're kind of going back to on the road. Alex, what? Yeah, they're looking at life back on the road. They made a big deal about the last show in Daly's Place as it has very much become their home after QT Marshall's creepy dark gym at the since the beginning of the pandemic. So they had a lovely wee video package to see that off. And I mean, since Gary alluded to earlier, there was a, a little salesman was trying to sell tickets to said show. And I believe his line was along the lines of, there is nothing in your life that will top seeing a live WWE Dynamite. So thanks, Jim, for some terrific advertising for your new uh, employers there. But that's the last we will mention of that. As JR has actually been pretty good these last couple of months. Like I've noticed we've no one's really been moaning about him. He's managed to, to cut that shit out since the WWE champion Kenny Omega. But I mean, well, he's, he's, he's slipped again. And it was a bit unfortunate. It was like right at the end of Dynamite. So it was just, I mean, if it had been halfway through or something, he could have gotten over it. But it was just literally the last thing they said. So It was edited out for the ITV broadcast. Ah, I'm on the phone. They, uh, they just ended it after the package. So. It's still too late. It's still too late. But nah. on to the actual show. So we got the big tease of potentially the Omega Page rivalry starting. We've got Darby and Scorpio probably about in the midpoint of their feud. The IC Pinnacle are going all trios on us. And even the big team Taz rivalry is getting really starting to build up with Brian Cage versus Nick, Ricky Starks next week. But 
more importantly, it's time to fucking talk about hair. So um, <laughs> this week we had a couple of new additions. First of all, AEW World Heavyweight Champion Mr. Kenny Omega has gone full-on Harley race with a beautiful handlebar. I saw a lot of people were comparing him to Triple H, but I think you said on Twitter, Gary, I'm assuming you've seen this, that it was Harley race inspired. Yeah, uh, it still looks like Lemmy though, but... Uh... Yeah, still a bit, no, it's not long. <laughs> like Lemmy Omega. Like, I always think, <laughs> okay, why didn't you use that joke? <laughs> <laughs> but it needs to be longer to be Lemmy. I always think of Lemmy as like a proper like gruff amount of beard but not uh, Matt Jackson can grow an okay moustache but of course the man the myth the legend that is Nick Jackson just comes out with a fucking Sheeran Hulk Hogan bad boy so I mean respect to Nick Jackson that that was a terrific moustache terrific moustache and while we're quickly in fashion corner did anyone else catch Sammy Guevara's like velour leopard print tights that you have in the main event top notch top notch and <laughs> <clears throat> Uh, Miro's also kind of got a little bit of a new presentation as well. Like they seem to have ripped all the mess man stuff away. And I noticed where they started trying to call him the reminder or something, but I didn't really, I could have missed that. But that pissed no, me off when I first put over. That was a terrible segue. I apologize. Because I want to put over Mr. Brian Pillman Jr. I think he's been, since he's kind of come into AW, I was quite surprised how legitimate the, um, the holy, the, the varsity blondes have been since their arrival and even of course getting their third in the name of the woman i can't remember my bad julia hart <laughs> sorry julia hart that's the one um and like i think brian's been terrific like on the mic as well for the last couple of weeks they've been giving him some promo time in the ring they've been great they were really good against the bucks and i thought he looked he looked like a proper kind of like mid-tier wrestler up against miro and i also watched the dark side of the ring stuff quite recently where they did a really good two-parter on his dad and Again, do you know what I mean? He seems legitimately inspired by the man and only had positive things to say about him. So big up Brian Pillman. I thought he was terrific. So more of him, please. Uh, and in the meantime, speaking of someone who's terrible in the ring, why, why, why did we have Vicky Guerrero in a ring this week? Did, did, did we need it? Have, have we built to like having the big moment where Vicky gets her comeuppance? The answer to all of them is no. So go and he stop, go and he put it in the bin. You know, I'm fine with there being a mouthpiece, but after this week, I'm slightly concerned that this is going to become a little bit of a regular and they might even try and push like a Vicky Guerrero, Nyla Rose tag team or something stupid like that. But I've seen, I've seen crazier, crazier things. I don't mind as long as they keep it away from Andrade. You can swap it for that and I'll accept the, the lesser of those two evils. If you even make a women's champion, oh, no, nah, don't do that. Don't go that <laughs> Destroy the entire division for Andrade. Maybe, <laughs> nah, maybe not. <laughs> maybe a bit harsh. It's maybe a bit harsh. But on to the main talk of wrestling for the week. My put over and match of the night was just MJF versus Sammy Guevara. It was fucking terrific from beginning to start. Like they started off with a terrific bit of mat wrestling. Like it's in Scotland, we've obviously been singing, yes, sir, we can boogie. But I think this was these two just crying out, yes, sir, we can fucking wrestle. And I think we all forget how agile MGF can be when he wants to be. Like he was, he could go in and join 205 Live with a moveset like that, he could. And some of the highlights that we had coming through was even MGF biting Sammy's fingers, just full on in front of the referee. And I really like the way Jericho on commentary was talking about that he knows the ref isn't going to end it because it's too important of a match. Then we had Sammy following up with a lovely wee Cuban destroyer from the outside of the ring. MJF's ultimate commitment to just nailing himself over the ring ropes before taking a cent on. But to end it all off, I have to say, 
that Sean Spears chair orgasm shot, just this, this, the, the shot pan of his face, just looking like what I hope Peyton Royce gives him on the weekends. And it was just, <laughs> was just the best way they could have possibly ended that match. Like, can we have more of this? Like Sean Spears looking like he needs to change his pants after a chair shot. It's just, it was just really on character. And I thought it was a, it was a terrific kind of, a terrific way to end the match in terms of interference, having Wardlow kind of cordon off Jericho and then Spears appear as well. So cheap finish, but do you know what I mean? MGF was never losing that match and no. they got to the finish the only way they could without killing Sammy. So fair play. Are we, have we had enough of Inner Circle versus uh, the Pinnacle now? Can we move on from this? I'm, I'm hoping this trio's match next week kind of ends it, to be yeah. honest. But I mean, I did then, actually see. Then who's next for either? It would need to be Dark Order, wouldn't it? There's not yeah. like any other faction that's got more than three members. I mean, oh. they could they can feud them individually. I mean, it's like Santina, oh. Santana, 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 and Ortiz can easily drop in and out of the tag team division. It's kind of what you do with Hager. But then again, Hager is, I'd argue, he's a bit part time. That's because ah, he's doing his MMA stuff. He's, and I think they're using that as part of his gimmick. So you don't actually really need to put Hager into a program. I would argue, mm-hmm. but. It could be a good match, and also since we weren't here the week they did it, big up to Hager and Mordlow for that MMA cage match they did a couple of weeks ago. Do you like that, Alex? I thought they did well. I thought, I mean, I, I don't want it all the time, but it was better than I think. They it was, it was more interesting than if they'd have just done a traditional match. Yeah, it was a it was a fitting stipulation to that situation. It was a bit weird. I thought it was a uh, bit. It's a- the kind of match that always has a ceiling. I think it's yeah. never going to be like the greatest match ever. It's always going to be a bit. Uh. Uh, it's like if you're going to do it, either do it properly. I think you should do it. I'll do it. Pro- it was a real kind of halfway house of yeah. like pro wrestling and MMA, and that did it didn't really work for me. But that's just my personal opinion. Um, I'd like I'll- to see them pair Wardlow with the other big men. Let's get Wardlow in there with Archer. Let's get Wardlow in there with Miro. I think that's going to be a true test of, of how good Wardlow can be because I think he's been terrific. He's he's been a big standout for me this year. Just, I just saw a tweet before we came on air, actually, an interesting one from Alex McCarthy. Um that as well. I know what you're going to say about the future yeah, champions. Yeah, so the kind of progression of the W title. So he sort of said, right, it'd go Kenny to Hangman, Hangman to MGF, MGF to Wardlow. Do you think that... that Jing has yeah, the Batista Triple H. That's all I'm going to say on that. It's the it'll, That'll be the big moment with a thumbs down or something like that because of the way they've paired them. The only person to be MGF has to be Wardlow. I think it depends exactly on the I think it depends on the length of the reins as well because I think the story is perfect for him to take it off MJF, but it's whether he'll be ready in that time. And also I think you're missing it. Uh, I'm not sure if you mentioned Adam Page, uh, uh, yeah. Hangman Adam Page taking yeah. it off. So I so that would yeah. fit, but then at the same time, there's so many people that are there in that lineage that would need to have it before then, like a jungle boy. I'd say, boy, uh, I'd say yeah. jungle boy and Darby yeah. Allen and yeah, like yeah, there's yeah, so yeah. many people that would but again, you could have Wardle have a short reign and one of them take it off him and be fine. I'm kind of like six and a half a dozen how far they go with the page or how long we see the page Omega rivalry because there's the potential they run this until Christmas and this is a six year program or the six year fucking sorry. That's what I know. <laughs> it would feel like it, it feels that. like six year program. Um, but, but yeah, I was surprised I've lost my point now with my own thing. Um, yes, so they could either run it really quite a long time or there has been quite a lot of talk about Kenny's health recently. So there's also the chance that maybe they do that quite quickly. And in which case, I think that's when the lineage would need to change. I think you do need a bit more time before you get to MJF page. I think you only extend it if you want to do the blow off at Revolution just because of 
that being well, they had that brilliant match last year, but at the same time, it's not needed. That's just it quick. Get it undone. We will want the Adam Hangman Page champion run, the uh, title yeah. run. So, do you think yeah. they're going to take the belt off Kenny that quickly? Okay, they need to take off the swim back, can Brilliant. Fantastic. Let's move over to SmackDown then, gentlemen. Uh, Paul, we'll come to you first uh, and your first buddy of the night, sir. So um, this is probably like my last night in the Thunderdome because obviously they go next week. Um, and I was told to boo Baron Corbin and I got told ah. that for cheering them. So obviously they don't know <laughs> oh, right now. Rico's enraged. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so obviously we're card-carrying members of the Baron Corbin fan club. So I wasn't very happy <laughs> with that. But um Yes, the Seth Rollins silver jacket was shite as well. Would, would so. you have been allowed to boo Corbin if you were wearing a piece of Corbin merchandise? Do you think that means you're allowed? Because then otherwise, how would you sell your Corbin merchandise, Mr. WWE? Yeah, so when I was in there for the Royal Rumble, I was wearing my Head of the Table t-shirt and I was told to boo Roman as well. Yeah. So See, it doesn't make sense. That they're, they're like going against their own marketing strategy there. <laughs> yeah, so I'm very glad that fans are back next week. Cheer who you want, boo who you want. Like it's, you know, getting told to cheer and boo is a bit crap, so... And yeah. it seems like, I, I thought we were getting a wee bit of, not like it wasn't a face turn, but it seems like we were getting a wee bit of almost getting to a face turn for Baron Corbin, so I'm surprised about that. You're feeling a little bit of sympathy for Baron Corbin, aren't you? Oh, he's, oh, he's brilliant. He's playing the, I, I love the trying to sell the watch gimmick, I think he's playing it perfectly, I think it's absolutely amazing. But of course yeah. I do, it's Baron Corbin, come on. Of course, of course, <laughs> of course. So, uh, Buddy, just uh, the, the Thunderdome, or just in general then? Paul and get put yeah, over. I'm very glad that fans was back next week. Like it's you know it's done with. And um, I heard as well that Raw for next week is taped last week. So hopefully they're going to do some sort of angle where they blow it up or anything. Just be done with it. It's done. That yeah. would be good if they blow uh, it up. Yeah, <laughs> I'm totally up for that. Like I no, because then it's going to be Alexa Bliss or the Fiend blowing it up. Oh, so. be the Fiend. <laughs> then you can get the Fiend back, or at least <laughs> see Bray Wyatt for the first time in however long it takes to see a Bray Wyatt. Three months. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. No, be- six months. Has it not been like well WrestleMania? But it was a. Aye, aye. About six months if you don't count WrestleMania. Yeah, um, Rico. Let's come to you for your first putover. Okay. Um, so it- obviously been a couple of weeks since we've uh, been on the show and there's a, a very, very obvious return of a certain superstar. Uh, I'm going to bleed in uh, Bronze's point and say it's Baron Corbin. Baron Corbin's fucking back. Baron Corbin. King Corbin's all of the shite. Get out of here. You better wear it the court. You better wear it the king, my man. Um, I love this new direction that he's going to be going in. Uh, he's gone from a king to a pauper, as you said there. He's, he's selling his watch. He's saying he's losing his stocks and his shares and whatnot. And listen, if you are out there, Baron Corbin, we will do a whip, a whip round for you. Get some money. <laughs> do you want to let um, I, I really like everything that, that is going on with him. There's like a lot of sort of attention to detail just on his way to the ring as well. Like he's stopped shaving his head. He's grown out his beard. I want to see him look like an, looking like a hobo. <laughs> I can we, can like we get a promo like, package of Baron Corbin's lying around the various streets that they're in that week, or would that be slightly un and politically? I don't incorrect? think you can get away with that. Maybe their attitude either. I don't think in this stage you can get away with I think that. The only thing about the I love that Baron Corbin got his, uh, got his name back, but the only thing is that like they have to balance it, don't they? They've gave 
Nakamura, King Nakamura, and it's like just call him the King of Strong Style. It's literally right there. <laughs> did they not call him? him did they not call him King Shinsuke instead of Shinsuke? Ah, uh, no. uh, oh, I don't even hear that. Yeah, I think I've, I, yeah, it's, I read <sighs> that and I was like, I'm immediately, I'm immediately annoyed with what you have done. I think they called it the the King Shasa as well when they hit the King Shasa. So it's you know they're... actually that's quite good. That's all right. I don't mind that. We need to get <laughs> Michael Cole as far away from Shinsuke Nakamura as possible before this continues. It, it's the the detail of that was cool, and there was another wee funny bit. Like it just carries on with Baron Corbin just having funny segments as well. Like uh, in the middle of the match, the tag match, um, Rick Books and it was announcing that someone's car was getting towed, and he read out the number plate. KNG dash CR dash BN and Pat McAfee just goes, Who has a King Crabbin license plate? And it's just that's a great life. Some more, some more good comedy. So uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing where this goes now. And I'm, I'm kind of hoping it ends up with Baron Corbin just you know, getting some, getting sympathy as you, was, as you were saying before. And, you know, they, they should, in theory, this should end when, and I know that they've done it and it didn't end well, but this should have him win the Money in the Bank briefcase. That would be the perfect way to cap off that story. But then we know that it would just end with him cashing on it unsuccessfully again. So, uh, I'm totally okay with that, though. Imagine if the, his whole story are now into the end of his career is he consistently, like, every five years he wins Money in the Bank and fucks up. And that can be well, his whole thing. Let's come back to the mirror smash, which Gary's got. I yeah, the mirror smash. Uh, I forget how long ago it was now. A year and a year and a month it was money in the bank last year, so I think May June. So I we're six years left. <laughs> Broad tell have you uh, got a put over for us? So these days, genuine surprises are few and far between uh, with all the spoilers that's going around on the internet. Um, Sonia Deville announced Selena Vega for the Money in the Bank. Um, so she'd been heavily rumoured for going to AEW. Um, I try and stay away from spoilers. Um, it's, it's great to see her back, but she's literally back in the door and Liv Morgan beat her. Um, so, yeah, uh, Liv beat her to far, further on her storyline for wanting to get into Money in the Bank. So now she's beat Carmella and she's beaten Liv Morgan. So I'd probably expect for her to be announced this week for Money in the Bank. And let's just uh, let's just note Zelina Vega also taking to Twitter to moan about dirt sheets, uh, say, like putting out misinformation when everything that's been reported about her has came to fruition. Mm-hmm. All playing the game. Yeah. <laughs> she she obviously deleted that tweet saying that she heavily supported unionization as well, which was uh, reported. So yeah, it's a... mm-hmm. <laughs> she, she also started appearing on the WWE official Twitter uh, Twitch account, Bernie Chan. No, not yet. But uh, Alistair Black has been the only person that's been on her Twitch account since. So ah, interesting, interesting, interesting. I think he's like... feeling a bit raw now because I mean they used to have this like. Thing when they were like even moving the couples around to be together on the brands, and now it seems like they actively don't give a fuck. So I mean, it's a bit of a change of like corporate the relationships. I sacking Marina Shafir, sacking Kelly and Dane. So I sort of don't care. It must be awkward around the house, though, eh? It must be pretty awkward, like, you know, I'm off to work, honey, or WWE, or fuck them. You know, it must be, <laughs> you know, it must be really awkward. I, I, you know, anyway, enough about uh, household dynamics. Let's go to uh, Rico's uh, final buddy. The, the Zelina Vega one was losing was going to be my buddy, so I'm kind of going to have to freestyle this one because that was 
that's pretty much all I had left. And we've already mentioned Kingsley Nakamura. But I was just looking through the rest of the list of stuff that I have. And SmackDown was actually a really good show this week, in my opinion. Um, so the only things that I can really think of are, I don't know, I don't know it's mostly opinion, but folk that saying there's nothing interesting in wrestling. I sometimes see that in the comments every now and again that like there's no good stories or there's no good matches or they're not interested because of X, Y, and Z. But even just in that show, how could a person watch that and go like, there's nothing engaging? There's the Edge storyline, there's the Roman Reigns and the Usos storylines. If you want something funny, there's there's the the Baron Corbin, there's Shinsuke. There's there's decent wrestling. There's decent wrestlers. There's Kevin and Sammy Owens. Kevin Owens in the Sami Zayn match was brilliant. Um, there's there's that, and the only other burial that I can really think of is that I'm I'm starting to think that there there needs to be, um, I think a few more characters cycled into the show. So I think there's maybe there's maybe a, a draft coming up soon. Am, am I right in saying that? So it need to be August September kind of thing. Uh, it'll be after SummerSlam presumably, but like I, I'm looking forward to there being some new faces on it because like you're starting to see that it's. You know, um, Apollo and uh, Biggie and Shinsuke and whoever all in the same matches all the time. And it, it needs to get freshened up. But apart from that, SmackDown is a good show and there's not really an awful lot wrong with it these days. Yeah. Yeah, I guess it's it's kind of it's kind of weird because it's kind of stacked at the top because and there's a bit of a kind of bottleneck almost, you know, because you've got Reigns at the top and then you've sort of kind of bottlenecked everything else, you know. So it's really interesting. Uh, match of the night, gentlemen. For me, it's probably got to be Owens versus Sami Zayn. Um, you know the old phrase, fight forever. I can quite happily watch them have loads of matches. Um, they had a last man, in to qual- last man standing match to qualify for Money in the Bank. Um, Owens scored the win with a powerbomb onto the announce table, then proceeding to powerbomb him through another table that was set up, and then a pop-up powerbomb onto the ring apron to like, knock him out for the 10 count. Really good match. Good. Uh, Rico, you with him on that one? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Kevin Owens as well, having his sort of classic spots. There was the rolling out of the ring to stand on his feet to avoid the 10 count. There was um, a callback to Kevin Owens's last man standing match with the former Dean Ambrose a few years ago, where he was flipped from the top buckle through two tables. And seeing that game was cool. So as Bron says, those two can have bangers every single week and uh, we get bored of them. Nice. Thank you, gentlemen. Uh, behind the curtains, Gary's got five minutes to do his raw buddies and putovers because he's got to go and subtitle the news. Um, so go for it, Gary. Five minutes to do your buddies and putovers of raw. Okay, in all honesty, it's quite simple anyway because, I mean, it was just a good, it was an all right show. Like I, I almost said good. It was, actually was quite good. Um, but my first putover, <laughs> I love, like obviously, RK Bro, we've mentioned how good they are like for weeks and weeks. But they just Matt Riddle is just then brilliant every time he's on screen now. Like I, I feel like before some of the promos were a wee bit shaky a few months ago, but he was still kind of getting through them. He came in the ring yesterday and done, you know, the the stupid thing that they always do, where they have everybody sitting on ladders ahead of money in the bank, but they only had him on the ladder and they had commentary say about him, you know, being high in the ring and stuff. And I'm like, ah, that's just good comedy stuff. It's just good. Um, and they had him selling his foot injury. Although he didn't do it in the first segment, he done it when he had been it made sense because he'd get attacked in the first segment and then they had him selling it where he'd done his jump into the ring to try and kick off his flip-flops and couldn't do that. Um, so that was brilliant and another half 
put over that's almost exactly the same was Rhea Ripley doing the same thing to sell, walking on a crutch, trying to do her stomp and then hurting herself. Uh, just love wee stuff like that. The Barry though, the Barry I think will take a lot of people by surprise unless they've watched the show then they might agree with me. For the first time ever, I'm going to bury Drew McIntyre. Oh! His promo wasn't good. Pro was really bad. It's Drew was McIntyre. It, was it, was it actually it's... bad, or was it bad by Drew McIntyre's standards? I think it was actually bad. That's the worst part. Yeah. I mean, definitely bad by his standards, but considering, like, I always say where his promos always feel natural, there's always passion in them, and like, I mentioned that I was on a media call with him like two years ago, and I asked him about promos, and he said that the main reason they're good is that Paul Heyman at that time was giving him the freedom. He could read his script, and he said that, he would go out there and four of the words that he said were four of the words on the script and everything else was just ad-libbed. I just, I don't know what, and it's it's not even the first time as well because they've done it last week as well, I'm sure, and they told this daft story about kicking the head off the Loch Ness Monster. Oh, and it's just, ah, oh, it's just, it's just bad. And I, I hope it's the end because it's Drew McIntyre. I mean, he's he's been brilliant for the past year and a half. And if he's going to be getting heavily scripted and cutting bad promos when we're just getting crowds back, Oh, I just feel bad for the guy. I mean, it might turn out that he, <laughs> he did cut it all off, off the top of his head, but it just wasn't very good. Didn't I like it? Um, so, other Barry, it's quite... The other Barry's going to be really vague. Actually, I'm going to give you two. One quick one is Jackson Riker winning. I'm going to bury that every time it comes up. Jackson Riker <laughs> winning. Just... It doesn't need to happen. It doesn't need to be on TV. Uh, just get the guy off TV. He's not the next Hulk Hogan. Stop putting him in yellow. Stop having him pin Cedric Alexander, which will no mention why that's bad. Um, but I, that that was bad. Oh, of course. Uh, yep. It was also in a tag team with R-Truth. And I'm like, put R-Truth, man. What are you doing R-Truth? What do they talk uh, about backstage? It's going to be bad Jimmy, isn't it? Oh, it was uh, bad times, bad times. But, um, but my, my other bit is just a, a bit of a vague one. And I don't mind it because the, the actual Rhea Ripley Charlotte Flair stuff was okay. And we did get Drew McIntyre versus Jinder Mahal. But my bit is the fact that the story's right there. Why can WWE not just go for the story that's sitting right in front of them on a plate? They need to give you some churned out nonsense, like the, the Rhea Ripley Charlotte Flair thing. It was right there. One of them beat the other one at WrestleMania. <laughs> what else do you need? Like, and, and they also had the Royal Rumble history before that, and they're both very similar. You need nothing else, but you need to work in these daft wee injury angles. And and then, I mean, the Jinder Mahal thing. I mean, for a start, I love the fact that Fashion Corner, Jinder Mahal was wearing a shirt and came in on a motorbike. So we've got the Canadian Indian badass now, which is absolutely incredible. I love it. Um, but I, it was just a bit... The, the way they went about getting the story was not very good. Um, final put over. We mentioned it. Nicky Cross. I just like what they're doing with Nicky Cross. The rest of that match was a bit, huh? but like the, the weather thing with Nicky, Cro- Nicky Cross is good and I can't wait to see where they go with that. And um, match of the night, since I have exactly one minute before I disappear for a minute, match of the night for me, the main event was good and it was nice seeing MVP back, but I'm actually going to go for the um, Ricochet-John Morrison match because I was Ricochet and John Morrison. <laughs> Don't I get it to say anything else on that, but they're both brown in the ring. Ricochet shouldn't be wearing street clothes, but good anyway. There you go. Done within a minute. You go subtitle the news. And while you do that, I will say to everyone, uh, if you want to get your buddies and putovers in for Rab and Greedy, you can do that at Wrestling Daft on Twitter. You can get us on Instagram, Wrestling Daft Podcast, or just plain old Wrestling Daft on the Book of Face. Bronze Cello, Rico, Alex, Gary the Subtitler. Go do subtitle the news. Thank you very much. 
Listen, well, so if you want to get more um, content out of wrestling, that's dead easy to do it. You've heard us talk about it before, undoubtedly. But you can get on to Patreon. We're up there. Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash Wrestling Daft. All one word. You're going to get more content from Wrestling Daft up there. You're going to get bonus podcasts. You're going to get early episode access. You're going to get a video version of this very podcast so you can see the beautiful locks of uh, Alex who can't currently put his hair in into a man bun because uh, the hairdresser made an arse of his haircut. It didn't um, make an arse, Josh did a very good job. You be nice to Josh. He's an, he's an excellent hairdresser. Well, we messed up. Go to Urban Funk. There you go. I've just hijacked your advert to give him an advert. There you go. Go to Urban Funk. Um, so yeah, you'll get a full video where you can see Alex in all his beautiful HD glory. Um, you'll also be able to come on to our Patreon pay-per-view part. He's going to be doing one for SummerSlam. Bonus episodes, we, we have got lots lined up. We do promise you we owe you about two or three. Uh, we're going to get something from us. You're going to get something from Rab and Grado as well. Uh, but there's loads up there to get involved with, and there's loads of posts, loads of archive posts, loads of uh, archive podcasts that you can check out as well. So please get involved. Uh, you can choose what tier you come up to. It's just throw a bit of money our way. We'd really appreciate it for the work we do. Patreon.com forward slash Wrestling Daft. That's Patreon.com forward slash Wrestling Daft. It's a lot wrestling news with Gary Casty. Um, now we talked about it at the start of the show. Let's get into it. It's just kind of broken the last week while as we've been recording the podcast. Jimmy Uso has been arrested under suspicion of DUI. Yep. So when I seen this, the first thing I did was check the date because it's not the first time. It's <laughs> yes. uh, so I checked the date. It did happen. Last night, um, misdemeanor DUI charge, and uh, like the, the way TM, this is from TMZ, they are normally quite good with stuff like this. So, I mean, yeah. reported and allegedly sprinkle them through me saying this for uh, for your rainy years, but I mean, TMZ have got it for police documents. Uh, so what they say happened as per the police documents is that Jimmy Uso was driving 50 miles per hour in a 35 mile per hour zone and then ran a red light. Police pulled him over and said that he smelt of alcohol, got him to commute his Dodge Charger, which they even have the, the brand of the car there, and then they decided to breathalyze him because he was swaying about when they were talking to him. So I can only tell you this in terms of the way I read it, but I don't know what a point two oh five or a point two oh two are, but that's what he blew in terms of the breathalyzer and the Florida limit is point zero eight. So that sounds like quite a bit over the limit. Yeah. <laughs> 0.205 compared to 0.08 sounds like quite a lot over the limit. Um, so apparently he was arrested. He is currently, or as per two hours ago, still in jail. Um, and the bail is set at $500, which seems a, like a very low amount considering he's still apparently in jail. Surely, surely someday would have bailed him out with that, but it, it might have happened now. But for anyone that might have heard us talk about this, not recently, but a couple of years ago. That's because it happened almost exactly two years ago. Um, and then he was he was found not guilty uh, by a jury last year, which was pretty big news. But he has been arrested several times before that. He was arrested for um, being in an altercation, uh, uh, allegedly uh, being in a drunken altercation with a police like a few months before the last DUI two years ago. So no statement for WWE yet. Um, no statement for the Usos yet. We'll, we'll see what happens. It's happened before on these 
you know, nothing's changed. Though. But I think two things it's worth saying. One, if he's conscious of that decision, it's a stupid, stupid thing to do. Like, and a very reckless thing to do, and he should have been doing it. But if he's doing it so many times, probably worth him getting a bit of help. Probably it would be nice to see WWE helping him through it, and maybe it would change something. But maybe it can be changed. Who knows? You just wonder That's how terrible way to look at it. I know maybe it can't be changed. Uh, yeah. <laughs> if he's going to keep doing it, Gary, you've thought of becoming an addiction counselor <laughs> to get bored of subtitles because of how bad that's the kind of thing where it's like take you, they should probably just look at you, you know, try and help him through it. But if not, it might be time to maybe take his license off him if he's gonna keep getting arrested for the same thing. Maybe. You wonder if it'll affect the ongoing storyline on screen. You hope not because it's so hot at the moment, and you just hope it doesn't. But I mean, you've got to wrap his knuckles somehow, surely, as a company. It's literally just on TV in the main event of SmackDown, yeah, <laughs> getting speared by Edge. <laughs> so I yeah. so, uh, obviously a big part of that storyline. And he wasn't a big part of it because it was injured for a long time uh-huh. and then they first brought him back in. So horrible timing. I'm really happy but... that it was Jimmy and not Jay. <laughs> I mean, uh, I wouldn't comment on that. But, uh, He's made, someone's I just... maybe getting a big spear and getting written off TV next week. Well, I, I mean, it, just, it depends what happens. I, I don't know how the, I mean, I'm not too okay with the American court system. I don't know how long it takes for, you know, a court date to be set and all that stuff. But my God, you uh, you don't fancy his chances, do you? <laughs> Considering the amount of times it's happened, so I bad bad times, but well, perhaps not surprising based on the, the amount of times we've seen that headline. Yeah, yeah. Oh well, we'll wait and see what happens with that one. Uh, this is a bit of an unbelievable one that that, that hit me this week. I couldn't believe it. Uh, Jim Ross on his uh, podcast, Grown with Jr. Uh, thinks that uh, Lex Luger will be inducted into the Hall of Fame sometime soon. So the only reason that I found out that it wasn't in the Hall of Fame this week, because for some reason I was certain Lex Luger was in the Hall of Fame, was that we were actually meant to have another A&E documentary taking place over the weekend um, on Lex Luger. The trailer got released last week. It looked incredible because for a lot of people who don't know Lex Luger, everybody remembers him being big buff guy. There was speculation that WWE wanted him to be the next Hulk Hogan. He's now paralysed. He's been through quite a quite a bit of horrible stuff in the past, you know, however many years since we last seen him on TV. The documentary looked incredible. The documentary got pulled, and apparently it's because they want it on at a later date, on a Sunday after a pay-per-view, and, you know, get a lot of eyes on it. Um, but this was JR talking about Lex Luger because he's been the talk of the town the past week, saying he believes they'll eventually get a Hall of Fame ring, which you would think, surely, it's Lex yeah. Luger. Um, but JR said some of the things that we just talked about, which he was talking about, you know, Stuff that Lex Luger had done that wasn't the beneficial on-screen stuff that was, you know, stuff that happened uh, backstage. Said the embarrassment he'd thrown in the company, but he believes that he will be put in the Hall of Fame. Says he thinks it'll be a popular decision when it occurs because he'll be allowed in his two or three minutes allocated. Um, which he also shot on that and said, you know, <laughs> don't put so many people in, you can give them more than two minutes. But he said in the two or three minutes allocated, Lex Luger has a, a hell of a story to tell. So it's got to happen. I think... If you've got the A&E documentary coming out, probably wouldn't it be too unreasonable to think it's probably going to happen soon because they'll... You know, the way WWE works, they, they like capitalising on their own uh, on their own <laughs> morphed history story. Um, so if they're going to chuck the, the documentary out, you'd imagine it's probably going to come soon. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's well-deserved. I mean, obviously, the job he did at WCW and the Lex Express, who could forget the narcissist over at WWE? The big body slam on Yokozuna on a, on a military ship. 
on July the 4th, which is uh, probably why they were going to put out the A and yeah. document. Ah, that makes sense. There we go. Um, and finally, just there's been a few dark matches uh, been going on um, over in Raw. Um, and one involved a returning competitor as uh, Miss Tegan Knox was spotted uh, doing a, a dark match. Aye, so over the past few weeks, obviously we've not been doing this show, but I'm sure we'd have spoke about these um, beforehand. Uh, <laughs> we had uh, Shotzi Blackheart, um, Karrion Cross. I can't remember who Tony else. Storm. Aye, Tony Bronson Storm, Reed. I believe Bronson Reed. Aye, so we've had a lot of people being involved in dark matches. We've not seen any of them on television. Um, main event, obviously. Nobody really watches main event. Um, but they've been on main event and they've been just, just in dark matches you know, before the show starts. One of them last night, Tegan Knox, who we've not seen for a long time now, you know, a hell of a time with injuries she's had, a, a, the kind of person where it always seems like yeah. she's on the cusp of being, you know, NXT Championship. You know, had the massive angle with, with Dakota Kai, one of the last times we've seen her, which feels like forever ago. Um, you know, the, we've had the wee thing happening on NXT the past few weeks. The, they've got the worst charge on the world it's <laughs> so taken them about about four weeks to to get up to 81 percent i believe it's that now a lot of talk that's going to be tegan knox and she's just appeared on a well not appeared because we've no seen her but she's just been at raw been in a dark match and um, pw insider saying that uh, was part of a dark match and worked with fellow nxt star tony storm um Obviously, our first appearance uh, for for a long time august 2020 was the last time uh, and yep she was a uh, on NXT last, you'd probably imagine that's where she's gone back to it. Unless, I mean, that that phone battery thing, the only other person I can think it being would be like a Kona, Kona Reeves. We've not seen him for a long time, but it would seem more likely to be Tegan yeah. Knox. Okay. So looks like we might get her back, but it's going to be interesting to see if this actually goes anywhere, whereas having, you know, NXT talent in dark matches, because um, Vince McMahon was at the Performance Centre last week, apparently on a scouting mission. So you wonder if this is part of a scouting mission or maybe if they're going to try and integrate NXT a bit more? Do, do you seem to, I seem to get the hint that obviously Bronson Reed dropped the North American title to um, top um, Isaiah Swerve Scott um, and uh, hit, oh God, I can't remember. Hit row. Hit row. Um, you just think he's not had it for long and you know you're really building him and you just think Vince has had that one look at it and go, who's this guy? I was going. It seems like Vince has watched his entrance and went, "Get him up, get, yeah, get, get him up." up that's me, sold the guy. Yeah, it just it looks like the kind of guy Vince would love. Obviously, I mean Tony Storm. I've seen wee bits of her in the Royal Rumbles and stuff like that. I'm surprised she's never made a bigger impact in NXT, to be honest. But hi, but uh, maybe this was the time, and then the, <laughs> the other point, I'll oh, get her up as well. Carrying um, Cross is another one. Aye, Carrying Car- Car- Cross. I mean, I mean, that's obvious that like him. Scarlet, I mean, she was on Raw as an enhancement talent uh, wearing a Sasha Banks t-shirt years ago, and then she's ended up signed, so obviously they're a fan of her. Well, with, and with Cross, you'd always argue for him, it's always been a case of when, not if. Aye, you know, aye. and like NXT was more, go prove... It was go and not like hurt anyone. A... Try and not hurt anyone. And yeah, see. it was more. It was more just like they were just how to put it. They were just confirming their bet. They were just like, right, we think you're going to be big. Let's just make sure you are going to be big. Yeah. Okay, you are going to be big. Let's bring it. I like a, a wee trial. It always seems yeah. like for me with uh, with carrying cross the person that I would compare it to, and I hope I hope his singles career goes a wee bit better. But for me, I think he's always reminded me of what they had. Even though it's very different uh, with Bobby Roode and NXT, where the presentation and everything is so good that they've just looked at it and went, that'd be amazing on Raw SmackDown. 
and then it's just a waiting game. So yeah, absolutely. Brilliant. Listen, uh, that's it for the news this week. Thank you very much, Gary. Cheers. So that's it for this week's Wrestling Daft Marks. We have been back. We'll be back again next week as well. Please rate, review, subscribe on Apple, wherever you get your podcast, all that jazz. Uh, guys, got to rush off and subtitle more news in a minute. Remember, Rab and Gradle back with the, the main event on Friday. They are going to talk about the best celebrity in wrestling. I can't look beyond Bad Bunny after his performance at WrestleMania. Bad Bunny, Shaquille O'Neal. I mean, this year is blown out of the yeah. water. So. Yeah. I think Stephen t- Amell. Stephen Amell. Stephen Amell, Alex. The resurgence of Mr. David Arquette. Yes, I most definitely have been watching Dark Side of the Ring recently, haven't I? So So they'll be talking about that and have all your uh, buddies put over all that jazz. Um, Remember, you can check out the the video version of us, see Alex's wonderful hair and his lovely HD camera, which is beautiful. Um, You can do that at patreon.com forward slash wrestling daft. You can get merch shop.special.co.uk forward slash wrestling daft. Gary, where can we get you on Twitter for all the wrestling news? I have hardly been on it the past few weeks, but uh, Wrestling Gary, where I'll be sporadically posting news stories and uh, and an obvious stuff. So. And Alex? Don't really know anymore. <laughs> Brilliant. There we go. Uh, you get me at Producer Mac. Uh, until next time, let's hope it's num- not coming home. Um, and you keep marking out. Audio front.